And welcome back to another Fantasy Take TV podcast with me, JD. And joining me, of course, is George and Anna. But before we cross them, let's run it down. What are we getting through today? Firstly, there's been a lot that's happened since we last joined you. So players that caught our attention in the intra-clubs. Then we're going to go over who we're looking forward to seeing next in the scratch matches coming up. And finally, we're going to go head-to-head with some of these players, some X versus Ys. But before we get into that, Anno, how are you doing today, mate? Good, mate. Very keen for this week. Um, we've been following all this preseason notes. I'm, I'm over reading through forums and gathering all that stuff. So it's to finally watch some footy this week, you know, when we can. I know a lot of it's on the weekday, but um, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to watch it back and, and gain more from some games. Some actual vision is, is a lot better than just hearsay. So yeah, looking forward to it. And then the man who embodies his football team, the Crom. It's George. How you going, mate? I'm actually not good because this is the second <laughs> time in two weeks I stacked it on my longboard. So there's all roadworks down our street and I got a massive bruise on my leg. So I can't feel my leg at the moment. Hang on, you also, longboard? <laughs> that, that is not, not how very well. that to go. <laughs> anyway, uh, also, by the way, great intro. I think you did that so well. I think you can take that up permanently. So... Nice, yeah. George. Handball that oh, off. Yeah. <laughs> You've been waiting to that for weeks. This is why I've never offered to do it. <laughs> there you go. Now we know how good you are at it, so thanks for showing us that. Jeez. All right, shall we um, jump into the top of the agenda then and uh, get into players that caught our attention during the interclubs that we've had over the last week or so? Uh, who wants to lead me off? Um, I'll start. Well, we I watched a couple of these. I did catch a lot of the North one because um, that was, I think, started at like 4.30. So watching for a few players there, North have got a couple of relevant players. And um, I think the first quarter I was watching and Hall had about 10 touches. He was he was on fire. He was looking his um, 2021 self, but did go off with a apparent hamstring strain. So we're still awaiting the update on that, but... I think the quote was he, as he's walking off, he said, I've done a hammy himself. So it doesn't sound too great um, there. So, um, yeah, he's written off. He's off my board for the, for the time being. Um, it puts a bit of doubt in your mind because he, he does have quite a lengthy injury history. So, um, yeah, that, that's the first thing from that North game that caught my eye. What about you, George? You, you, you can't start Hall, surely not. Nah. He's out. Because he has already issues with Luke McDonald who played... They were all racking up. Actually, maybe not Zeeble, but McDonald and Hall were racking it up. So really, out of this game, um, we learned that we don't need to start Hall. Look, maybe at some point later on, probably he'll be fine. Um, didn't really get to see what the kickout split was with Hall and McDonald because they both uh, both died pretty early on as pick as uh, during the game. So the other one is Taron Thomas, and this one is doing my head in. Because I have been, I like Heaney and Butters better than Thomas. But if I had to pick an, an extra one, it probably would be Thomas. But they got so many midfielders in there. I saw him. He had 28 touches for the game, which is great. I did see him at half forward for extended periods. And I just didn't see him um, much in the midfield. Uh, well, he was there a fair bit, but yeah, a little bit too much forward time for my liking. So. Uh, get a proper look at Thomas when they have their proper setup as well. I guess it was versing, you know, like kind of Phillips and Power and whatnot um, on the other team. So see exactly what happens. See his CBAs. I think Thomas' CBA is going to be pretty significant um, as to how far he goes as a pick this year. So we'll get one one game with proper CBA data. Maybe we get the second game if someone wants to do it, do it manually. 
Um, so yeah, basically, uh, Hall is out, and then it's just Taron Thomas is basically the only player I care about from this list. Um, I don't think we got any rookies. I think well, Goda... so we've got Horn, Francis, and uh, oh, Combin, right? Francis. Yeah, yes, Combin as right. well. I thought Combin was okay. He took a few marks. Uh, I think he was on the B team with CCJ on the other one. I think so. It's not great to hear. I mean, I think then, even uh, if he plays uh, based on um, like position, we can really only expect somewhere between like a 35 and a 55 generous average, right? Like this is going to be a low scoring rookie. Yeah. If we got yep. no one at R3, he can he can go there. Yep. Yep. On Francis. Francis. His yeah. role looked bad for Supercoach. Mm. So he kind of fed in what to what we were saying before we saw him play or heard great things about him. Stuck at stuck in the forward line not just half forward but like you know taking marks deep forward as well so took a good mark but yeah yeah like he'll definitely better as a super coach formats just because of the contested stuff he can do he can you know win a great gramble and gramble in the clearance um take a contested mark up forward so he's going to need to have his moments to spike his score but maybe at some games they put him more through the midfield so it was one i'll start one i'll put on field but expectations probably tempered a little bit because I saw a lot of forward time. All right, well, moving on to the next game, then we've got the Collingwood Pies, uh, and they've got a lot of relevant Supercoach players this year. So up to you guys. Do you want to start with uh, some of maybe the more premium options or should we look at some of the rookies that we might get? I think George can go. He was watching this one pretty closely for a couple of his guys. <laughs> yes, I've been hot on Finlay McRae and Pat Lipinski. Um <laughs> Finley McRae thought he probably could have done a bit more. I thought I was watching the same player from last year, to be honest. Um, only one game, so see how he goes for the next few weeks. Uh, Lipinski, I probably were the only podcast that talks about Lipinski at this point. So, <laughs> um, he, he, he Finn McRae as well, just by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Lipinski had limited game time. Apparently had COVID a few days before, so I guess maybe that's why. Started off the bench kind of surprised me that he would do that but again maybe it was because he had COVID a few days before so I liked what I saw from him um, but yeah not a whole lot of game time and there was an article this morning with the Collingwood midfield setup a bloody thousand word essay on what they're going to do with their midfield so that'll be interesting to see we didn't see Dugowie still having rib issues apparently he's playing 50-50 with Jamie Elliott in the midfield Um, I don't know how that's practically going to work every week um it is preseason, so I would think that plays. You know, if clubs want to win, they put their best players in the midfield. So, yeah, see how it goes. But obviously, the goal didn't play. But I think I'm happy to pass on him with a new game plan and uh, less mid time than last year. It seems I think I'm happy to pass on him for now. But yeah, would like to see him still in the preseason games. Anything for you, Eno? Nah, not much more there. Um, Dacos looks pretty good. So I don't think we need to speak too much more on him. He's he's a lock. So, yeah, not much else that I caught from that game really. Chris was good too, but again, not against too much opposition. But he'll he'll be yeah. a solid selection again. Might just write a couple of other names then for your read on them. So uh, Brody Grundy, who's very popular ruck at the moment. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. Um, did you <laughs> catch him at all? No, I don't think he played. Play. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And then um, Will Kelly. <laughs> I, didn't see I think sitting in something like 40% of teams at the moment. Yeah, that's a bit... 
I was an early placeholder. So yeah, didn't didn't see much of him. And then um, the one that's been catching headlines with Ruffhead's injury, Charlie Dean, one hundred two k mature edge defender. Yeah, I he was just, okay. Yeah, I think he was actually not too bad. And I think I think Howe might be because he got a, a game, an injury in that game. But I think they just said tonight he might be pushing to get like he should be back for round one. So it just comes down to how long will Dean be in the team? You know, will he play himself into a permanent spot? Who knows? So something to monitor, yeah. I'll have positive rap from D8. Yeah, positive rap from Darcy Moore, I believe, after the game as well, saying he's playing really well. Um, and then let's jump on to the next one then, which is really the only team that matters. And I mean, you could see why from this interclub, why they're going to be premiers this year. Just amazing top to bottom, like skills on display. It was like you're watching two AFL teams out there, really no seconds. Um, but before I jump into uh, and talk too <laughs> much, can you guys wanna, yeah, if you guys want to do a more like balanced take on some of the players first. Uh, I think the pre- it's over. They're going to win the flag. Yeah, we're on board. Cordwell was unreal. <laughs> Look, I you think Jack Cordwell. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we're going to get into that a little bit. I was going to do a whole ramp. We can start here. Essen, we'll social start... media manager, if you're watching this, I know you're copying my tweets and I know you're pasting them, all right? All right, just a little bit of credit next time. That's okay. That's fine. You can use it. I'm, I'm an Essen supporter. You can use my tweets. Just the tag. Like, just just the tag. tag. Come on. This is <laughs> anyway, no. anyway let's, go, let's get back into the players. Like, And we'll start with Caldwell, who played just the half before um, being taken off as a planned rest in the second half. Obviously, he's missed a lot of football over his career with soft tissue injuries, so definitely some management plan, but has otherwise had a full preseason. Had uh, the 14 touches, six tackles, a goal, a goal assist, a few other stats along the way in that first half and looked pretty good. Does he come into consideration at all for your teams after that performance? He's he's an awkward price point. Yeah. Too yeah, old George, injuries. I know, doesn't like, yeah, George can just write him off. He doesn't like <laughs> the injury history, which is fair, which it's what brought him down last year. Um, but I just don't like the price. Just at that price, you know, I think Jared Berry's similar. I'd just have him ahead. So if I was to start someone at that sort of bracket at M5 or something, I'd just have him ahead of Caldwell. But I did, did like what he said, what I saw. He, he was actually very, very good. So, yeah. All the right, fact well, they manage him just, just doesn't quite sit well with you a little bit. Like obviously he's been mm-hmm. he's at a full preseason, but yeah, shows you how they how cautious they're being with him. Yeah, so just looking at the rest of midfielders, I mean Parrish just kind of got it done. The big talk was around Merritt and McGrath kind of um, spending some time behind the ball, which kind of rules them out of consideration for Super Coach, at least from a starting perspective. And then really the only other midfielder kind of worth talking about is the rookie in Hobbs. Did you like what you saw there? Do you think it gives him a good chance for round one? Didn't see enough. Again, like tempy expectations on these draftees. So um, I think he was five, six disposals off like Ward and I think, who's the other one? McDonald who had 30 touches in Nab League. So a little bit off those guys. So um, yeah, I thought he struggled a little bit. Uh, I didn't, I only watched the first half. So apparently he was better in some periods of the game, but first half, I didn't get near it. Uh, sorry, first quarter, he didn't get near it. Second quarter, got a bit more of it but um not someone that filled me with confidence plus like job security issues as well you guys got so many mids especially if Cordwell's fit and firing how many players can you fit in there yeah it was not one for stage. mine where comparing the some of the preseason reports where 
been talked about quite highly to seeing that in the game didn't really pass the eye test for me i reckon we potentially get better rookies than hobbs but we'll see i mean it's just one half or like you know one game of an interclub and he may improve as the preseason goes on yeah, um, give so it a chance move, for sure yeah, yeah sorry, so moving on. into some of the other lines um jordan ridley obviously is a primo that we you know consider for our sides uh did you see much there i don't think the ball was down these end a lot really i think that other right. team was kind of dominant so we didn't really get to see much but the role at least looked good back to you know what they've been saying what they want him to do i think kelly didn't play also so yeah just yep. gonna watch and see in the next couple of weeks in the real stuff and then just to finish off stringer didn't play so nothing to look at there and then garrett mcdonough who's still in something like close to 20 percent of sides played okay but we don't believe he's going to get around one spot and really didn't do anything in that game to kind of push um his case for selection and before so then you, moving oh. before you go next the, to the next club mm-hmm. andy mcgrath looks like he'll get be a defender get defender status um if he does what do you think of him as a pick so i i still think it's unlikely that we end up with him uh, I mean, oh, okay. not only does he not only does he have like injury history from last year, but I think we're going to get enough defenders going 105, like 100 to 105, and potentially above. And that's you know, if McGrath's playing behind the ball, I think that's probably where his cap is anyway. If he's playing primarily behind the ball and then on the wing, I, I just don't see him going into like 110, 115 kind of territory and becoming a must-have. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so then the final one we've got on the agenda for today is the Port Adelaide um, intro. And I think both of you guys got a chance to watch this. So let's start with the the man that I really care about, which is Butters. Yeah, he was really impressive. That first quarter, um, it sort of, they went A versus B. So he was on the A team, of course, and in, I think, about three of the six centre bounces, which is about 50% um, when they were trying to run the full team and, Looked really impressive, got some ball on the inside, did some good things on the outside, spread well. What we've all pretty much seen from Butters when he's been fit and firing. So, yeah, happy with the role. And I think, he, apart from Dunkley, he's up there with the with the top forwards um, as a starting pick anyway. And then there are three Port rookies that are kind of getting thrown around at the moment in Sin, Skinner and Mead. What did you take out of their performances? Uh, Sin was really good. Tackled a lot, showed a lot more contested side of the game. Uh, although it was mostly outside, but he looked hard at it. His body looked ready to go. I uh, thought it'd be hard to leave him out of round one based on what I saw. So I'll probably start with him if he's named round one. Uh, but again, we need to see a few more samples, sample, um, a few more games from him. Skinner, I didn't even notice for the entire game, to be honest. I think he was just playing key defender, um, not really intercepting, so more lockdown type of role so a little bit concerning and I'm not sure if he plays round one Mead was okay nothing special but got a few touches here and there so uh, they speak highly of him I don't know if he plays round one or not I thought Sin was much better but uh, yeah I don't know Mead's been on the list two years I think now so like when he's got to get games sooner rather than later um, yeah, I'd need to see a bit more of Mead, but yeah, was probably more yeah. convinced on Sin and a bit worried about Skinner. So, but like Skinner, I you played think... okay. It's just bad, bad role for fantasy. Yeah, I actually think Mead wasn't like he was very decent. It's just he was overshadowed by Sam Pepper, who like 
completely dominated the game, kicked like three goals and had like 30 touches. Not that I was counting, but it seemed like he did. And, and they actually swapped them over, I think, at the second quarter. And I mean, they did do a lot of swapping around. But yeah, I think like they'd probably be pushing for the same spot. And I think Pal Pepper outperformed him quite a, quite a bit. So, yeah. Yes, well, those um, interclubs definitely whet our appetite for the season ahead. And this week, we're getting a little bit more of a taste with the scratch matches between the clubs. And what we're going to go over next is the players that we're looking forward to seeing in their scratch matches, the ones we've got our eyes on as the preseason kind of progresses. So, George, why don't you start us off with who you're looking forward to seeing in the coming week? Yeah, so as we spoke about, Taron Thomas is very interesting. I need to see the CBAs for Thomas. So we know how good he is. I thought he was pretty lazy in the game, to be honest. Like defensively, he wasn't great, I thought. Um, but uh, intra-clubs, it's like, whatever. Do you have to try that hard, go too hard? Probably not. He's already established himself. So I don't know. We spoke about, I spoke in the Discord about his fixture. Round three to round 10. I don't have it in front of me, but it's really bad. It's like they played, I think, six top eight teams from last year, including all the top four. Uh, that is slightly concerning, but he did do okay against some of the better teams last year. Yeah, I don't know. I need so, George, let more. me ask you this. What do you actually need to see out of him in the preseason for you to select I need to see him? CBAs. 50 what plus, percentage? 50 plus, yeah. I still think it's... If we get some more forwards, I have a few ahead of him already. So, I think he might tail off from like not being a top six because with all those mids, like... His ceiling can't be that high in that in the current makeup that they have. Like they need to give max minutes, not max, but a lot of minutes to LDU and Simpkin and Greenwood will I don't know, Greenwood can play forward, so maybe they use him up there a bit more. So plus at some point Cunnington and Anderson. Anderson was getting CBAs when he came back last year. Cunnington will he's gonna get CBAs when he gets back. Well if he does get back, uh fingers crossed, hope he's going okay. So that's more the long-term view. So that's that. Are, that are, those are my concerns. So I still think he can go 90 plus. Um, but I didn't like how... I thought he spent a bit too much time at half forward from what I saw. But show me the numbers. Even with 50 plus CBAs, I'm still like not sure. But apparently he's improved over the preseason. So there's yeah, a bit of upside there. So yeah, keen to see Taron Thomas. Oh, um, one thing he does play, I think it's D's in Sydney the next two weeks, so we'll be telling a lot. They're two pretty good teams as well. I think is what North yeah, have got. He scored really poorly against Sydney last year, um, but yeah, the other one I am, well, another one I'm looking at is James Sicily. So Sicily is doing my head in because we know how good he is, but back then when he was scoring well, he was taking most of the kickouts. None of their defenders really scored well from memory. Now they've got a whole bunch of guys. I think hopefully they use Bramble back there. He's one of my favorite players to watch already off halfback. Maybe plays on a wing. Day's injured. He can come back, play halfback and wing. Uh, CJ and Scrimshaw as well. So, well, I think CJ's injured at the moment. So they do have a few injuries early, but later in the, as the season goes on, he might lose some kickouts as players start coming back in. I know Bramble can take kickouts. Um, CJ... Probably shouldn't take kickouts. Scrimshaw can as well. So, and Hardwick as well, who like led yeah, the kick-ins last year. A lot of points to go around. Uh, my guess would be low nineties from Sicily at this point. Um, that's without seeing. Uh, that's maybe thinking he gets like thirty percent of the kickouts, but he's a really good kick. I think 
one of the Hawk supporters in our Discord said, I think Bez was saying that Scrimshaw's a better kick. Well, I thought Sicily was, but trust the Hawk support, I suppose. So um, I need to see the kickouts from Sicily and just, like Sam Mitchell will play him to his strengths, I'm pretty sure, but still it's a whole different backline to a few years ago. So yeah, I'd like to see it because again, I, I don't want to be down a player. If he turns a primo and I don't have him, then uh, I think that's a slight issue. So very All good right. to see James Sicily. So CBAs from Thomas, kick-ins from Sicily, and who's your third that you got your eye on? The future best midfielder in the league, uh, one <laughs> Giordano Dawson. He said he wants to be the best midfielder in the league. He came to the Crows, and they was you know he he walked up to Rory Sloan and Sloan goes. So he's killed oh, that idea. Well, well welcome, <laughs> well welcome to the Sloan goes welcome to the club. I'm excited for you to be on a wing, and Dawson looks at him and goes. <laughs> Bitch, I'm taking your mid minutes. You go on away. <laughs> he wants to be the best inside mid in the league. He said that. He was talking about we got Darren Burgess trying to pick his brain how he made Oliver and um, helped made Oliver and Petrarca elevate themselves. So, and then Rob was Rob was just like praising him a lot. I guess well, what's he supposed to say? He's bad, but you know, Rob was saying <laughs> he was so good. Um, really good kick. Can't believe how good he was on the inside, which is where he played as a junior. Um, with Seedsman out, and given we have just like the same types, similar types of midfielders that can really, can't really rotate elsewhere too well. Some can, but some can't. I feel like he's probably going to be on a wing early, but he still scored well there. And the Crows, all their points go in the middle of the ground. They don't score well up forward. Players don't score well down back. Wings and midfield, that's where all our scoring comes from. So... Very interested under Darren Burgess. Sounds like he's going to have some sort of good role or similar role to last year, but with, but but rather a bit more inside mid time. So I'm excited for this one. I I mean, anyone that's been listening for, to me for a minute knows that Dawson's basically like one of my guys from the preseason was on him before or went down and all that jazz. But I guess, George, for you to select him, what do you actually want to see out of this scratch match or the preseason games? Is it just the inside time or is it more than that? I want to see a little bit of inside time, but I just want to see how much we feed him the ball. Because it's hard because like Seedsman's not there. I feel like there's... It sound like he's tracking well though, Seedsman, at he's all. He's making... They said that he's making slow progress, mm. but he's still only doing a few laps laps around the yeah. ground with, with Sunnies on at the moment. So that's mm. really sad. I hope he can get back because he was really good for us. So He was awesome. It, it's scary oh, stuff because you have to think that if he comes back and gets another concussion, he's probably done for the yep. year, maybe his career. Mm. Well, Josh Ward from... had a seven-week concussion. Like, hopefully he doesn't get one. Like, so these things can happen. Yeah. That was scary stuff. Anyway, but... but, yeah, the Dawson, it's like, what does he look like when, say, if Seisman comes back on a wing? Like, uh, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how he's going to score. So that sort of unsettles me a little bit but I do prefer him to quite a few defenders um, that I think are probably going to go between 95 and 105 anywhere in that range so I don't know I mean he sounds like yeah they're going to feed him the ball a lot so not sure but you know I I don't even know what I want to see to be honest I just want to see him get the ball a whole heap of disposals (laughs) and a bit inside bit time 
I think for me, it's yeah, the overall eye test. So you definitely want to see that mix of inside out, but it's to a point like Rob and some of the others have been talking about really using him for his kicking. And I think he does come in as basically the best user and the best kick, especially his seedsman out of the side. So it's not just him being on the inside, but it's Laird looking for him or Crouch looking for him as the first person they handball off to. That's the thing that's going to get me really excited for the Dawson pick. It's like Caleb Daniel at the dogs. Like when they're in trouble, it's like, just give it to Daniel. You, you find a target for us. <laughs> I yeah, hope that, stuff that it up. sort of yeah, like, <laughs> like the, you're I the scapegoat. That, yeah, <laughs> I, I hope they do that with Dawson, but um, uh, wait, the, that yeah, that's like anti-selling using. Dan- I was like, why don't you use a Whitfield like that? That type yeah, of thing. That's, that's, the, that's yeah, probably yeah. better example. Yeah, okay, yeah. thank you. All right, uh, you guys right. are haters. <laughs> yeah, we are. We are. Um, all right, so jumping into mine then. So I'll lead off with um, Maddie Rao, someone who I've been big in on the preseason. I'm uh, yeah, a Rao lover, a Rao respecter. Um, and I'm hoping, I think I'm hoping more than anything else that he gets back to his best, but what I'm looking for in the preseason is really to see some of that explosiveness and that outside run and carry that made him the well-rounded mid that we saw at the start of his career. When he came back at the back end of last year, um, really what we saw was someone that was still pretty good on the inside, but overall quite slow, couldn't spread, couldn't find any ball on the outside. And it just led to like, he looked like a shell of himself. And so really for me, what I'm watching for in the preseason is what type of route do we get? Do we get that slow inside mid only, or do we get the guy that can do it both on the inside and the outside and really elevate his game back to what we saw originally? Uh, yeah. Second, oh yeah, sorry, you guys, do you want to weigh in? This is weird when I'm <laughs> so, so yeah. at that at that price, he probably needs to go 105, but I think you'd still take 100 or high 90s just because you know you got the job security, you got you're going to get some sort of cash gen. You can upgrade him whenever you want. Um, I don't know, two percent chance. Plus, you, he's I think a at, his, at his best, right? He has the goal kicking mid ability, so you could see him spiking a high score, and even if he only averages 100, still make enough cash at some point. Yeah, yeah. we saw. He's, he imagine he drops a 170 like he did last time. I think, was it a 170? Mm. Something like that. You're laughing. Yeah. But yeah. is he that guy? Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, what route do we get is what I'm looking for in that first one. Um, secondly, I've got on the list um, Kitty Coleman, who's been getting a little bit of buzz, um, potentially taking over that virtual role in the back line um, and cementing himself, hopefully, in their best 22 as a halfback. He comes at us as a forward, like defender forward option at a discounted price because he did play a lot of forward last year. And ultimately, I, I really don't know much about Coleman. So this is going to be some of my first times actually watching him closely, seeing what he's like as a defender and whether or not he's getting kickouts. Um, George, I know you've been a little bit uh, hotter on Coleman than I have during the preseason. So have you got any, anything else you want to weigh in on? Can I just say the AFA website has turned into a Brisbane Lions hype machine. Every three oh. days, there's just a new wait until we're getting to next. Wait until I'm getting to yeah. next. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, played well in finals. His has a good contested, a good contested game that was in his draft profile, and that showed in the final series. Kickouts are there to be taken with uh, Birchall retired. They might go to him. That that would be enough for me to lock him in. He's pretty close to a lock for me at this point. Of course, I need to see a bit more. But the training reports are they're feeding the ball. Like Mitch Robertson on two different podcasts that he does said that he's going to break out. Um, he even said chuck him in your fantasy team for sure. So. Um, all signs point towards this being plus the DVP is nice as well. All signs point towards this being eighty average plus. I, I don't know, but um, 
yeah, all the signs that we're hearing are just everything you want to hear we're hearing. So yeah, see how he goes. Um, but yeah, he's been entrenched in my team for a while now. I need to be convinced Mitch, otherwise. Needs to do something Mitch, pretty bad to take him out. Mitch Robinson, well-known super coach, pro- projector of scores, right? Like, come on. <laughs> I mean, if, he's, if, if they're feeding him the ball at trainings, I guess it's okay if he says yeah. that, but... <laughs> All right. And then um, to your point, the last guy I've got on my list here is someone that you cannot log on to an AFL website or even Twitter, it seems like, without finding about 14 new puff pieces on Cam Rayner. Someone that is not even close to being considered for me, not even <laughs> close. And he's in 28% of teams, I think, over a quarter of the competition have him. So I am watching in this final game just to really make sure that I'm right, that this is not a good pick. Um, he's someone that I think his like career best year was 14 touches a game, which was his first year, and he's gone backwards, 12 and 10, and then he's done an ACL. And all of a sudden, we're meant to believe that like this is the the second coming of Jesus, right? He's risen after the three days of being dead, and we're going to get some um, lean, mean, explosive midfielder that's suddenly going to take Neil and Lyon's time, and he's going to be sharing a little bit with Zach Bailey, but maybe not, and they're going to kick Zorko out of the midfield so Rayner can take over. Like, please, this cannot be reality. I just cannot believe it. This feels like classic preseason hype trap, and I am watching to make sure that I'm right. So it's going to be the overall eye test. What is he like? Does he still look like that slow, pudgy forward that we had? Or is this actually a new Rayner? Has he got in shape? Has he finally had the things fall into place that he needs to to be that elite midfielder that he was kind of drafted out as a number one? For me, I don't think it's going to work, but he I'd, I'd be silly not to at least have my eyes on him in the preseason. Fair enough. Mate, if Brisbane can't win a final, then why not win the PR battle? <laughs> Sorry, DR. <laughs> <laughs> Look, no, if, there's so if, many players you got to watch from there from that team. If the CBAs are good, the work rate is good, the time on ground is good. I see that in preseason. Then we'll talk. Right now, I haven't seen any of those. It's all talk yep. in the preseason. Yep. So, and and people like seem to forget that in 2020, like yes, it was shortened quarters, but he averaged something like 30% CBAs during that time. They keep saying he was just a forward, but he wasn't. He was getting midfield time, and he still couldn't find the ball. He averaged like nine touches for that season. Which well, is even, the other, even in short and quarters. The other day, they um, they had some intra-club and they, he played forward the whole game for that one. So, I don't know. Yeah, this feels like trap, but let's uh, let's see. But uh, enough about my picks. Let's go on to NO. Bring us home with three new ones. Who, who are you going to lead off with? Yeah, it looks like George went some primos. You went some some speculative guys. And I'm going to finish it off with some... A, a mix between the two, more, more on the premium men. So, first one is George Hewitt. Look, you. I mean, it's it's been more you two really that that have that have set this one into our sights um, because used much as a tagger at Sydney um, at times. He, he did play some midfield at, at some times and, and did score well, but um, that's why he came to Carlton. You know, want, wants to play more midfield, wants to you know free himself from that tagging role. It's, we've seen it with a lot of players um, over the journey. So. Um, he gets that opportunity now while she's out injured for the first month or so until he gets back. So you have to imagine he's he's in the engine room for for much of the much of the first few weeks and and much of the season anyway. Um, so I just yeah I just want to see that I want to see his mid time um, I want to see what his role is because we, we don't want to see him tag again. Um, but but you wouldn't think that's why um, Carlton would have got him across. So yeah, look it 
it looks like it could be. I mean, the price is is the main thing. Like he's you know three hundred ninety nine k. He's fifty k less than or almost than, than Sicily. Um, and the only thing is, does he does he sneak in as a as a D six keeper for the season? I don't know what you guys think on that, but is he going to average enough to to be able to hold on for the whole season? Just got to see it. Yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, I don't I don't know yet. It's. Uh... Not really a hot. Come on, God! You've been more hot, but... hotter on him. Yeah. <laughs> so, quiet yeah. now? <laughs> okay, so I'll, I'll go he... then. So, I, so I wasn't as big of a fan of starting him, even though I liked the pick, just because we were, like I was really confident in a lot of the other defenders. That confidence has somewhat waned, especially with like Hall going down with injury, um, for example. But I think like on the flip side, the hard part is that now that you've got people like Walsh out in the preseason, we're not really going to get to see how they actually wanted to structure the Carlton engine room with everyone being fit. So I almost have no doubt that he's going to get lots of CBAs and lots of midfield time in the preseason games and then the first four weeks. But the question is, once Walsh is back, what does that look like? And I think that makes the pick a little bit harder for me in some ways, even though I am less confident than the other defenders, so I can see him sneaking in there. It's just like, what do I look for in the preseason that'll actually get me to that point of confidence? Um, or yeah, like, I think that's what, that's where I struggle with Hewitt at the moment. I wonder if he has much outside game. I'm not sure he had much at Sydney, but he's really strong contested ball winner, tackles a lot. That's positive. Looks like he'll have an inside mid roll with or without Walsh. Pretty sure. I think it's gonna work, but let's get a bit more bit more info watching him at the at Carlton. So. I mean, you'd think he'd be clear in the top four, wouldn't you? So, you know, obviously, Walsh when he's back, but Cripps, Chera, and Hewitt, you would say, would be the four. So even when Walsh is back, he still should be at a decent rotation. But, yeah, it's a good point, JD. Like, we're not going to really know because we're not going to see it before the season starts. So, Chera started on the outside a lot at Frio. I don't know if mm. it's the same for... Well, uh, he definitely has a better outside game than, than Hewitt, I, I would say. So, yeah, maybe that's a positive. Um, all right, all right. Moving on yeah. to number two, then. Who have you got lined up for us? So we got Ridley. I mean, you guys went with most of the more ones, speculative ones we want to watch. Ridley, we sort of by now know what he can produce. It's just we want to see the setup and the role. And Jake Kelly wasn't playing in that um, intra club, like we said before. And I just want to see the, the fullback six and, and what the role looks like. I mean, they've already said what they want it to look like, um, but we just want to want to have visuals on it. And, and then the main thing is the kickouts. Does he? Does he get them back, get the lion's share back that Redmond sort of ate into a bit um, towards the back end of last year and after that concussion? So, yeah, they're the main two things. And, um, you know, other than that, we know how good of a player he is and what he can do, you know, aerially and, and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, we know where Ridley sits in, in that side of it. Any more thoughts? Mm. What do you reckon, do you, JD? Do you think he gets the kickouts back? Um, yeah, so I think like that's the big one. What do they do with the kickouts? I because at the start of last year, he SM were getting thumped and he was taking all the kickouts. So it was something like there were some of those games where he was taking like 12, 11, 13 kickouts, and that's just not sustainable. Like, one, because Essen's better team, presumably, than where they started at last year, and then secondly, because you do have Redmond and Heppel taking them. So I think it's probably like you get something like 50 to 60 percent of the kick ins, but it's you know, that may yes. end up being like three five to eight kind of kick-ins a game and is that enough um and you know do the things like jake kelly coming in freeing you up to do more intercepting more moving up the ground does that offset the fewer kick-in points what does that kind of package of scoring look like overall i think that's where the 
the consideration kind of comes into and and in trying to figure out where Ridley will land for the year. Yeah, we don't want him playing those lockdown on Tom Papley roles anymore. That's that's for other people. You know, that's when that's when you drop the poor scores. So um, the last one I've got is just Jordan Degoe. Um Want to see him back from that rib issue? I'm not as hot. I don't think we all are as as maybe other people out there are on him. Just because if he is, you know, more forward than, than he was the back half of last year, he's not a consistent scorer down there. You know, he can have his big games, um, kick a bag of goals, but he doesn't get enough touches to to sort of, you know, put out some decent scores consistently. So, um, yeah, I mean, those that 20 uncontested touches per game he was getting post-buy is, is I just don't think something they're going to want to roll with or go again. Um, it's just I don't think it's a great game style. I don't think it's how you should... Um, sort of coach a, a rebuilding team. Um, but obviously, I'm not the coach and I've got no experience. So we'll see what Craig McRae does. But I just think he's come from the Richmond background. That's not how we played footy, not even close to how we played footy. Didn't possess the ball like that. So, um, yeah, just got to see what the split is and what this Jamie Elliott sort of setup is with what they're doing. Yeah, just waiting to see what he, um, how the setup is. See CBAs, see how he plays in the midfield because he was starting off the back of a stoppage a lot and like sweeping in like sweeping mm. in afterwards so I don't know you would think he's like the built like a ball sort of midfielder but he hasn't really shown that so we just, we just have to see it that's pretty much it but yeah one I'm happy to pass on as a starting pick for now and assist down the track so I guess like the the role that he's talked about playing is the dusty role right and the other kind of player doing it at the moment is Stringer so if you were to rank them as footballers, not as super coaches, but as footballers, one, two, three, where would you have them? Uh, currently, um, you'd probably say Stringer isn't coming off the best form. If we're talking, like if we're talking right now, he he, he played the best out of any of those in that role. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'd probably, probably still put Dusty two and Dagoe three. And he I just think wants like to hear us say. So he just wants to hear oh, us say. I, I thought you were going to. No, I thought you were going to say Dusty one, which is fine. Like last few years, right? But I think yeah, you know, it depends what the context is. Like when we're not really considering Stringer for injury issues, but even then there was still a doubt over his scoring because of midfield time. And with Dusty, I think there's also concerns. And if we think they're both better footballers than Dugowie, you kind of see why it would be hard to pick Dugowie in a pretty poor team. He has to get a lot of CBAs. To kind of make that work um, makes me yeah like pretty sketched out by the peak at the moment. But of course, I could change. I mean, string string was getting like eighty plus. Like we're not talking fifty. He was getting eighty. So yeah. is the goer going to get that? I, I don't really see it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now the wife has uh, turned off the lights. I'm now sitting in the dark. So I might go <laughs> fix that up as we move into our next and final segment: the player heads to heads, the X versus Ys. Um, no so worries. for this segment, we're going to go through. Uh, two players and we're going to, I guess, pick which one we'd rather start in our sides. And uh, given that there's the odd number of three of us, we should have no draws, which is pretty good. Um, so let's get started with Heaney versus Butters. And George, I'll hand over to you. Uh, I shall pick Isaac, but I think Butters' ceiling is probably higher. Um, but I like Isaac. You like Isaac? Yep. Um, I'm picking Butters. I'm picking Butters, I think. Um, close, but 
Um, obviously, Heaney has the runs on the board, but I think Butters, like you said, high ceiling. And um, yeah, I just think he gets around the ground a little bit better. He's in a better side, I think, too. And they, they really want to use him in that role, that like link up role. Like they do look for him a lot. I'm just still unsure slightly on how Heaney will perform as a full time mid. So I think I take Butters. I'm back in the light and we're in the tower of power. I don't know. What's the, <laughs> what's this split screen called? Don't tell me it's just called split screen on the software. It's called crop First layout. Take. Crop Crop's layout. Name. Crop Not layout. Name. Oh, that's even worse. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> I regret asking the question. <laughs> um, for me, I think I would take Heaney of these two. I think Butters is definitely the sexier option with more upside, but Heaney... Uh, it's just a little bit safer both in terms of, I think, role and also his scoring floor. Um, so, yeah, I think of the two, I'd probably lean slightly towards Heaney at the moment, but love both of them as options. Well, I think the better question is who gets injured first? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Be pretty cool. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> go next. Go next one. <laughs> All right. Up next is two that were on my watch list for the coming weeks and uh, mid prices on the same team. It is... Rainer versus Coleman, despite what the oh, yeah. graphic says. Um, <laughs> actually, I probably should have, you know, if I was doing the good hosting, I should have just rolled with the punches yeah, rather no, than no. Um, throwing you under that's, the bus, I know. But hey, you know, sort of live and learn. Um, so, yeah. stuff. Last minute, Rain- so. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rainer versus Coleman, for me, I mean, just based off um, my rant at the start, you know, I'm all about um, Camp Coleman at the moment. Uh, but I know where, where are you kind of at between these two. Yeah, I'm joining Camp Coleman as well. I just don't believe in Rayner um, too heavily. But in saying that, Coleman is is largely unproven himself. But I just like the role better, like what they're saying. And I think it's easy to score and do well, um, you know, off a half-back, half-back flank. Coleman. All yep, right, easy it. three Colemans. Uh, take it to the bank. All right, next up we have Bailey versus Dusty, unless Eno decides that it's... Yeah, yeah, excellent. Bailey versus Dusty. All right. So um, I guess two that aren't typically in the sides that we've kind of put together so far. So thinking outside the box here, uh, I might start with you, George. Which of these two would you be picking and why? So Dusty's never again. So it's Bailey. <laughs> Bailey wanna, looks like he's in elaborate on why he's never again? I think he's injury prone now. Not really injury prone. <laughs> Not really injury prone, but like just keeps getting niggles. Already has uh, some sort of issue this preseason. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just don't trust him anymore, and doesn't really seem to care sometimes. In the and Richmond are finishing bottom bottom six anyway, so not a fan of that. And I think Bailey's <laughs> mid time. Bailey's mid time is going to increase. So again, like how do you fit him in with uh, Lions and Neil? All those players, Barry wants to go through them ton of players want to go through there so um yeah i think bailey can probably push 90 but i'm not sure his role is going to be good enough but they said he's going to get more mid time so go with bailey um i'll go with dusty still i'll back i'll back him in um just with what we know currently like obviously increased mid time for bailey will probably lean me towards him and obviously he's a lot cheaper as well but with what i know right now i'll go for dusty and you? I think if like gun to my head, I'd take like one last throw at the stumps with Dusty. The thing that sticks in my mind is just the idea that 
uh, maybe they actually do give him more mid-time this year and rely him a little bit if they are um, going to have any chance of making the top eight this year, which, I don't know, it seems unlikely given that he's coming off an injury where he's lost both muscle mass and um like cardio and i know they're saying that he's back at like good levels but you know what are they going to say like oh he's well behind the eight ball like yeah i don't know um so yeah i don't know i just think i'd back in dusty for one last run maybe there's some um super coach romanticism to to saying that um but i'm, I'm yeah not terribly excited about either pick uh, so that gives it a 2-1 to Dusty. A little bit of an unlikely victory there, given how we um, normally talk about him. All right. And then Suck up there. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, that uh, really hurt. <laughs> um, uh, up next, we've got um, two defenders, very similarly priced in Ridley versus Short. Um, uh, and I might hand it over to you first because I have a feeling I know which way you're going to lean on this one. I think it, you might be surprised, and I, I'm actually going to say Ridley. Um, I just look. I was a I was an owner last year, unlike you know you guys for the first four weeks. I was lapping it up. He's not going to get back to that. Let's be quite honest. But I just think the role and the whole profile just fits a bit better. He has more ways to score. Shorty realistically has to get 25 touches and you know quite a few kickouts to you know, do anything because he's really only scoring from, from you know, long kicks and, and whatnot. He's not an interceptor. He's not, you know, anything else really. He's just a user of the footy. So really can do a bit of that, but he obviously can score in other ways. So um, I think for what the scope is and what's possible, I think really, you know, could have a better season. Um, so, yeah. I still haven't figured this out, but I think my head... <laughs> it's tough. My my head says short, but my gut says Ridley. So I have to say Ridley. I think he will get some more kickouts back. Um, and yeah, with Kelly in the team, his job now, well, he's supposed to do whatever the hell he wants. So I'll take that. And for me, this really comes down to like, I think safety versus upside. I think short feels the, like the safer of the two, but Ridley, I feel like does have the ability to outscore short by five to 10 points if everything aligns. So for me, if I'm picking one of these two, I probably pick Ridley for the upside for the value. But I think this is a really close decision and I couldn't fault anyone for picking short over Ridley in this situation. Uh, all right, next up, we have two other popular defenders that you know talk of midfield time in Crisp and Dawson. Uh, I feel like based on how we've talked already, this is going to be uh, pretty one-sided. So I might lead this off and say I'm Camp Dawson all the way. Crisp is one of the defenders that I've been fading more so than others. Obviously, his durability is unrivaled when it comes to AFL players. I think he's like 50, 60 games played ahead of the next longest streak. Uh, but... You know, even with talk of more midfield time, I think the really interesting thing looking at Crisp's stats are they don't change. Whether he was playing defender or midfield, he averaged the same touches. Um, he scored pretty similar. And it just doesn't seem that he's someone that scaled with greater CBAs. So I am guess I guess I'm backing... Like I'm going against him backing up a breakout year where I'm a buyer, I'm a believer that Dawson can actually improve his score can continue to break out with more midfield time, especially on the inside. Uh, George? This is tough, both in new coaching systems this year. Um, I think Dawson's definitely got bigger upside. And yeah, Chris scores better off half back, I think. And I think they're going to need him through the midfield. So probably say Dawson, but it's uh, 
definitely would understand yeah, crisp is a, definitely safer. So, um, yeah, I'll go Dawson. Yep, I'm Dawson as well. I'm not going to speak too much more on, on the on the two, but yeah, Dawson. All right, excellent. Then moving down to some of the cheaper defenders that were also being very heavily considered at the moment, we've got Sicily and Whitfield. Uh, so I might start off with Eno on this one. Um, I'm Whitfield. I'm Whitfield here. I know he's a bit more expensive, um, but uh, we know what role he has. We know what, you know, what UC has in the team, what, what GWS want to do with him. Um, yes, you know, wing or half back. I think he does score better. Um, is it off a of wing, George? But um, Up the ground a bit more, he scores Yeah, like with inside 50s, you know, in more of a position to score, um, you know, better points. But, yeah, Whitfield for me. I know the injuries aren't great, but, yeah, I just don't see a lot of s- scope for Sicily. Um, the, price only, if the price is what makes it closer than than what I think I would otherwise have it. I think Whitfield comfortably. And uh, yeah, I mean, one thing like easy Whitfield for me, there's not really been a moment where I'm considering Sicily and as much as people bang on about Whitfield's injury history, the stuff that he's been injured with doesn't have high re-injury risk where something like an ACL does. Um, and it usually delays you from getting back to peak performance as well plus he's got other issues when it comes to the defenders which George kind of touched on earlier so um, yeah that's a pretty easy Whitfield pick for me at the moment all right moving on to the midfielders we're going straight to the top with two that are getting bandied against each other quite frequently at least when it comes to the discord you know kind of polling in the x versus y so let's settle this one once and for all Oliver versus Took and uh, George why don't you start us off I've switched to Oliver, and I've been took all the way, only because I generally worry about Gold Coast. Are they going to get absolutely hammered every week without Ben King? I am worried about that club. Membership was really bad. I suppose it doesn't have anything to do with Took scoring. (laughs) Just uh, throw that in there. It was named as co-captain with Wits today. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, like I, it's, I don't know. It should be Took. All the numbers, Took's a better scorer, period. But he, this, I think we're, this is the top team and the bottom team. So more scoring goes to Oliver. People forget Oliver did not have a full preseason last year. He's getting a full preseason this year. So I'm going to say Oliver, but I reckon I would have said Took if there was Ben King. But I don't know if that would affect him too much. I just worry. I don't know. I don't know. I just feel I'm, I worry about Gold Coast. And then again, yeah. Gary Ablett scored just fine. So these guys are both yeah. 670k. It's not exactly the easiest decision. Um, so you know, don't beat yourself up. But I'm going all over too. Um, runs on the board is the only thing I can set myself on here. Took's done it for one year. Yes, he's improved. You know, two years in a row. But yeah, Gold Coast factor and one, one's the best team in the comp, and one could quite easily be the worst or bottom two. So. Wow, I did uh, not expect to find myself on the other end of a 2-1 Oliver versus Took kind of decision. Uh, So someone that hasn't been... I love Oliver and I've owned him a lot and he's been great and I've never owned Took and I can't see myself owning him this year either. Uh, But I do believe that Melbourne will regress a little bit, which will affect Oliver. They'll probably come back in games one, even though they're going to be a top four side. 
And um, I think, you know, with Petraka breaking out and some of the other um, players Melbourne developing, Oliver wasn't as required um, to carry the team towards the end of the back year where, I mean, I guess that's going to be true for Took as well because Rao is going to, you know, emerge as the preeminent midfielder in the competition and Took is going to be able to take a back seat to him. Uh, but yeah, no, I just, I think to George's point, like all the numbers kind of suggest that Took's work rate, especially with, you know, um, changes around tackling rules and these types of things should be able to sustain him for another year. But I, I don't think you can go wrong with either of these picks either. So like, I, while I'm surprised that you both had Oliver, um, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised that like Oliver would be more favored of the two. I think objectively it's Took, but I just, I don't know. I worry about Gold Coast. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. I, I think that's, I think it's a valid, valid concern. Cause I, I was really worried about Took like last week um for example like not having him as one of you know you see a lot of the teams that have like the big three or big four kind of midfielders and you're kind of worried that they're just going to blow out of the water but you just as soon as ben king's out you've just got to lower the bar for how many wins you think gold coast is going to get this year and that's going to hurt to points like it's as simple as that uh, all right we have i guess two more of the pod options in the midfield um in andy brayshaw and christian petraka uh, both exciting players on the rise, but Eno, if you were to pick one of these pods for your midfield, who would it be and why? Uh, look, thirty. There is a thirty k difference, and I think that will sway me towards Andy Brayshaw. I've, you know, I shouldn't be using price too heavily in my decisions, but um, it does play a part. And and I think Andy has shown the scope that he has, what it takes to be to be a premium midfielder of the comp. Whether he can put it together yet is the question. Uh, but he did show, you know, I did cop two 60s from him last year. And, and then after that, he averaged very, very good numbers um, and even dropped, what was it, a 180 on the Tigers um, in, in late in the season. So, look, I mean, Track had an unbelievable second half of the year himself. He was he was insane, um, and including the finals. But, um, yeah, I think the price sways me towards Andy B. I think it's Petrarca. Petrarca's time on ground is like 90, and Brayshaw's is still in the 70s. So if I see 83, 84 plus from Brayshaw in the preseason, I think I'll say Brayshaw. If not, as it stands right now, I'll say Petrarca. I'm just quickly checking this up, but I'm pretty sure Petrarca um, has really good injury history. Uh, so oh, it's like perfect, I think. He's only, I missed one game in 2018 and then in 2016, which I think was his first year, he only played 17, where um, Brayshaw, from memories, had like one or two weeks missed every year, whether it's um, suspension or a calf or calf? these types of things. Yeah, yeah he had a calf. So um, those things kind of make me want to pick Petraka of the two and obviously the, the strong finish last year. And then I think, you know, Brayshaw kind of underperformed a little bit in our sides last year, even though we picked him up as a cheap option. So maybe there's a little bit of burn factor there. But I do like the upside that Brayshaw has with Chera leaving, um, you know, potentially getting more mid-time, that upside if that time of Grant does ever correct itself. But I, at the same time, we've just never seen the signs that it will. With that said, like Steele, Took, these are guys breaking out later on in their careers, which could kind of line up with Brayshaw doing the same if he finally gets all that stuff right. Uh, the only other thing to consider as well is with COVID and buys, you probably don't want too many Melbourne players in your side. So if you're running like or planning to get Oliver or you're running Gorn as well, then maybe you'd lean um, Brayshaw over Petraka. But given I don't have any of them, I think I'm going to take Petraka of the two for now. 
All right. And then another pod midfield options. Let's run it back. We've got Wines <laughs> and Laird, two meaty boys that just look like squares running through the midfield. Um, Eno, who they, they do well. Laird's squ- nickname is Wine does. I was going to say Laird's it's a square. It's a square off anyway. <laughs> Laird, I mean, Laird's nickname is Desk. All right. Like, that's, yeah. And then Wines, he's, yeah, that's a angular head right there. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Eno, are you taking um, the Brownlow medalist in mind or would you be looking at Laird? I'll be looking at Laird, I think. Um, but I just couldn't watch Wines if he was in my team, like <laughs> turning the ball over. I know he had an unreal season, but uh, I think Laird's the better player. And I think uh, full mid time role, he's shown. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Well, I think we know that. But yeah, full mid time role, Laird went, I think, post by. He went even better than his average, which was 115. So, like, you know, he technically is a premium mid of, of the comp. So, Wine's career year, and what did he average? 113 or something? 113. So, lead all day. I'll take lead. Yep. And I think, uh, on, uncontroversially, I'll also take lead. With it's close, what, what you see with Brownlow medalists time and time again, though, is that regression after they win their Brownlow. It tends to be their peak year for super coach scoring as well. And, you know, given this is like Wines, clearly his biggest breakout year, it's kind of hard to believe that he'll back that up, especially if you don't believe he is actually one of the top kind of 10 midfielders um, in a given week. Um, you know, it's hard to see him string together that good a period of for, um, form for like another year where someone like Laird has shown he can score at the super coach top level time and time again. All right, two options that kind of make me cringe here, um, but I promise we're going to finish on a high note when it comes to these player comparisons. Uh, LDU and Crips. This sounds like a bad joke, but George... George put it in, so I think he has an agenda or something that he wants to say. (laughs) I think Crips could bounce back a little bit. I'll take Crips. I feel like after years of shitting on Crips, this is like you trying to like win a little bit of face back with Carlton. That's when like, he was no, typing no, 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 it out. No, I thought that's what he was going to do. He's like, I'll put one Crips versus someone that's like speculative, but I'll pick the other guy. I'll pick him instead of Crips still just to shit on him even more. But uh, apparently not. <laughs> I'd pick Crips too, probably. Uh, he just has more upside. He has proven it years ago now, but at the price he is, you know, he could get back to 105. <laughs> Um, and I'm going to pick Crips simply because I want this to be a 3-0 and I don't want to elaborate any further so moving on to the final (laughs) one then one that should actually get a little bit of debate is Lipinski versus Rao Um, I think George and I kind of know where we're at so this might come down to Eno but I'll start off I'm going to pick Rao for this one I am a believer in the bounce back I'm a believer in the upside and he's the type of kid where you want to see it all fall into place but the work rate and the effort's also there and I think, you know, realistically, Stuart Jew knows that if he's going to save his job this year, it's going to be on the back of Rao, especially with King going down. So, um, yeah, a lot of things have to fall into place this year, and I'm, I'm betting Rao will do it. Jorts? I'd take Pat Lipinski. Oh, uh, really? <laughs> Pat what a surprise. Two times, average 80. 19% CBAs, 5% CBAs. Give him CBAs, he's going to score good. Okay. Is he going to get CBAs? Though? Is he going to get CBAs though? Didn't you say in the seconds? In the seconds. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> uh, that being said, I need to see him at AFL level on the inside. 
But he did pretty good. He had limited game time. We said that. I think we said that before in the trial game. And he had the second most clearances on the ground, despite barely, barely being on the ground. And Eno, okay. break the tiebreaker, mate. Who are you going with? I'm a real respecter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look, I'll put on the agenda or on the table. I don't really want to pick either of these guys, and I don't think I will. But if I had to, I'm going real. All right, well, then I'll just do a quick recap before we sign off. So in our XS-wise, we had Heaney winning 2-1 over Butters. We had Rayner losing 3-0 to Coleman. Bailey losing 1-2 to Dusty. Go, Dusty. Um, Ridley taking out short uh, 3-0. We've got Crisp uh, losing to Dawson 0-3. And Cicely losing to Whitfield also in a landslide. Oliver versus Took. Oliver edging out the win 2-1. Uh, Tracker taking the mid podfield kind of pick over Brayshaw at a two to one. Uh, Wines lost zero to three against Laird, and then I mean LD versus Crips. Do we even need to say more? And then of course we finished on Rao Respectors winning out two one. Uh, but thank you so much for joining us for another Fantasy Take TV podcast. It has been a pleasure having you as always. And from Eno, George, and myself, we look forward to seeing you in the next one.